This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is the Everything 80s Podcast. Today, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Was it just a Disney horror movie? Hey guys, what's happening? Welcome back to the Everything 80s Podcast. I'm Jamie, and we're looking at classic Disney live-action movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And I'll touch on this whole thing, whether this is actually a low-level horror movie at its core, talk about the production of it, uh, how it came to be, who was involved, all that good stuff. But before we start, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the Everything 80s Podcast, wherever you find your podcasts. I'm officially, I think, everywhere. So it should be easy to find. Okay, let's go. So, of course, the movie is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And before any, you know, CGI or Pixar movies, this was one of the real, true, pure escapist fantasy movies for kids. It came out in 1989. It was a comedy science fiction film. Uh, it tells the story of an inventor who accidentally shrinks down his and the neighbor's kids and throws them out with the trash and would end up being a surprise hit for Disney. So I don't know what it is about Honey, I Shrink the Kids, but to me it stands out as I don't like one of those pure movies of capturing the imagination, especially at the time. Again, it's like, you know, pre-CGI, so it's kind of like a dream movie. It's like that concept of being able to shrink down to the size of an insect and watching kids play out this fantasy on the screen i remember this movie as being like an event where we went with multiple families together and the commercials and the trailers for it like sold it perfectly and I, like as a kid i remember it living up to the hype and like and then some and you're like that was perfect that was a perfect movie you know it had giant bees and giant ants and scorpions kind of like a kid's version of indiana jones and the movie used a lot of innovative visuals for its time and it was praised by both critics and fans. So, you know, it stars the brilliant Rick Moranis and becomes one of Disney's most successful live action movies ever. So in case you needed a quick plot synopsis, uh, Wayne Selinski, I never remember how he said that is an inventor who's working on a ray gun that can shrink objects. He tests it on apples, but he keeps blowing them up. If you remember that scene. So Wayne is really caught up in his work and it's leading to him neglecting his family. Their neighbors are the Thompsons. Father Big Russ, a.k.a. Max Headroom, is a former football star and getting ready for a weekend of fishing with his sons. His oldest son, Russ, has just been cut from the football team, and this is greatly upsetting Big Russ. And then there's also the youngest son named Ron, who is you know the perpetual troublemaker of the whole thing. So Wayne leaves the house for a business conference where he can hopefully present his new but yet unproven invention. And he leaves the kids to clean the house. And while they do, Ron accidentally hits a baseball from next door into the lab. The ball hits the shrink ray and somehow just activates it. Russ makes 
Ron go over to the house to apologize, and somehow all the kids end up getting hit by the shrink ray. So uh, back to Wayne, the presentation hasn't gone so well, and he comes home and then beats the crap out of the ray gun. So after his outburst, he ends up sweeping up all the damage, inadvertently sweeping his kids up and the neighbor's kids and tossing them in the trash. The kids escape from the garbage bag, and then you remember they have to navigate through the backyard, which involves them encountering, you know, the swarm of bees, a typhoon from the sprinkler, and then the usual interpersonal conflicts that would happen. So Wayne finally realizes what the hell's happened, and they start searching the yard for the kids. In the meantime, the kids have befriended an aunt named Auntie, who they ride across the yard. Auntie then gives his life over for the kids when he tries to fight off the scorpion in kind of a Bambi level of his mom getting shot type of drama. Uh, Wayne works on repairing the shrink ray. The kids hitch a ride on the family dog, and Wayne nearly eats his son who ends up floating in a bowl of cereal. Wayne gets the shrink ray working again and restores all the kids back to the normal size, and then they eat a gigantic turkey at the end of the movie. It was perfect. So, you know, some of the people who star, like I said, Rick Moranis, uh, Matt Frewer, who is Max Headroom, plays uh, Russ Thompson. Marcia Strassman plays Diane. Christine Sutherland plays Mae Thompson. Thomas Wilson Brown is Russ. Um, Jared Rushton is Ron. Amy O'Neill is Amy. Robert Olivieri, I think, is Nick. Um, and then a bunch of people from there. So the early production, the original name of the movie was actually going to be called Teeny Weenies. And thank crap they didn't go for with that one. So a guy named Joe Johnson stepped in to direct Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And he's also made some pretty epic movies, like the first Jumanji, The Rocketeer, if you remember that one. He did Jurassic Park 3, which you can take a leave. And he did Captain America, the first Avenger. So a pretty good resume there. So the writers, the original writers had focused on this teeny weenies name to make it seem fun. But then they realized this might seem like it's intended for toddlers. So Disney had not done a lot, like a ton of live action movies. And they could sometimes be confused with not being intended for children. So, you know, they to just to show it was more of an older kids movie, they then changed the name to Grounded, which isn't too bad. They But they then rejected that name and they went with The Backyard, which isn't too bad either. But then they settled on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids later in the process as it was a line of dialogue used in the movie, and they thought it was a good fit. Hard to say if a movie called The Backyard would have had the same uh, impact or effect. I mean, it still is Disney, so it, it still would have been marketed and everything. But Honey, I Shrunk the Kids gave it such a novel name, tone to it, and like a descriptive phrase. So I like either way, it works. The story itself is written by a guy named Stuart Gordon, and then he's got an interesting history with movies and everything, and it sort of ties in with the horror movie thing. The guy, among all things, directed a nude theater version of Peter Pan and some a few horror movies, including one about a scientist who brings the dead back to life, then one about a bunch of murderous dolls. So after he became a father, Gordon wanted to make something more kid-friendly, and he teamed with two guys named uh, Brian Yuzna and Ed Naha, who had done all these horror movies with him. But So now he comes up with an idea of a hapless inventor who invents a shrinking ray, that accidentally shrinks his kids and then he throws them out in the garbage. He pitches it to Disney and they are all over it. They love the whole idea. Gordon is the main director of the movie, but he becomes sick and then that's when Joe Johnson of, you know, Captain America and all that stuff stepped in. And 
um, kind of kept going with the vision and just followed the direction that the the movie had already taken, like, again, the tone that the movie had taken. So looking at the visual effects, there are a ton of special effects used in the movie and they needed to be heavily used to create a whole other miniature world. And it's interesting to think how this movie would look today. Obviously, like it would look incredibly better and but it just I don't know if it would have that charm to it and considering the real life effects that were available in 1989 I don't know it just it gives it that novelty um just in like I don't know we you know it was fake but it was just enough to be look real enough to bring you into the story so I think it did a good job considering the time they use things like electronically controlled ants and bees and they try to use as many practical effects as they could that would work in the camera example for that scene where uh, Rick Moranis lands in the Thompson's pool he would jump off a flying board that was a teeter-totter kind of on a swing set a stuntman would then push the board making him fly through the air and landing on a mat they were actually in the trenches doing a lot of this stuff they would use scale models uh, especially for like the bee scene and they used a miniature plastic model of Russ Jr. and Nick when they were riding on them. And if you look back, you can pretty much clearly see that it's just these little models on these um, miniature sort of scale model bees. They used a lot of what's called forced perspective, like in the giant, which they, they still actually do in modern movies. So example, in the giant cookie scene, in order to make it look bigger, they just change where you stand in the foreground compared to the background and it's pretty simple it's a forced perspective that's been an age-old technique the best example you can probably picture in a modern film is just in the lord of the rings movies to make the hobbits appear smaller compared to other actors Uh, also like an elf with will ferrell to make him appear, appear bigger they just change where they stand in the foreground and background and the position of the camera makes them look bigger or smaller or whatever so for things like the giant blades of grass or the bristles on the broom that sweeps the kids up, they would use just huge pieces of foam to create them. The broom was a bunch of giant foam bristles that were attached to a hanging screen, and that would just sweep back and forth across the stage. Essentially, they just made a giant broom. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The interesting thing here is the, even the opening title. I don't know if you remember the opening sequence that had two tiny children running from various objects. This was one of the very first things that ever combined hand-drawn animation and 3D models. And again, it looks relatively primitive, but you know, pretty advanced for the time. Another, this is a whole other side example. Around the same time that movie You've Got Mail came out with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, and the intro for that movie, if you've seen it, is this sort of live map of Manhattan and like a camera sort of sweeping through it. And then, and that was kind of the same use of like one of the early uses of 3D models. But Disney sort of set the stage with all that. OK, so here comes Disney's concerns with the movie. Like they love the idea of the whole thing, but they were hesitant getting involved with a horror film director. 
and they had concerns because he was starting to kill off kids in the movie. And again, you know, this is, you know, Disney turned down things like Back to the Future because Marty was, you know, kisses his mother in it. They, Tim Burton, when he first started for Disney, wanted to make that, I think it's called, I think it's Frank and Weenie he put out where the kid's dog dies and he brings it back to life. And they're just like, are you kidding? There is no way in hell we're putting this out. So now they have and that that was like in the 80s as well and then they let him go and then he had his whole career and then would come back around and actually do that frank and weenie movie i think that's what it was so they're just concerned like they just they don't know if kids are just going to be getting axed left and right in this movie the the main concern is that it would be a family-friendly film but part of the structure of the movie had to revolve around the chance that the kids might actually die like they are facing peril they obviously wouldn't but they have to chase, you know, they have to face these challenges to overcome them. Even if it seems funny, like the, the water droplets or the, the broom or the, you know, like they, there's a chance they will get killed, but they have to overcome all this. And that, that was just basically their hesitation. The other big concern they had was the creatures in the movie and they didn't want them to be too intense and they didn't want Auntie the ant to look too much like a real ant. They actually wanted it to look more like E.T., which I'm not sure how that was going to be presented. And I find that funny because I remember E.T. scaring the crap out of a lot of kids, especially younger kids. I remember being even sort of <clears throat> slightly concerned. Like they still give E.T., like they specifically made him with more childlike features with the large eyes, sort of like that doe-eyed look so he, that kids would know he was more at their level but they you know especially like when you're watching honey i shrunk the kids on this giant screen all of it's going to be intense you know when the scorpion and the bees and all that but they kept with the original auntie and he stayed as intended it would actually take up to 12 different people to operate this thing they had a miniature for the stop motion sequences but for most of the scenes when auntie interacts with the kids you're actually looking at a giant robotic ant puppet which is the actual size that you're seeing okay so let's look at the initial response to honey i shrunk the kids so it was i mean you know disney's never wanting to take risks but it was a bit of a surprise hit for disney it made around 14 million dollars its first weekend which at the time was Far and away, Disney's biggest opening ever. If you convert that to today, it's around $30 million. So hard to chalk all this up, and especially like when you consider Marvel movies and stuff like that. I, I think today $30 million would be considered oh, – I think it's considered okay still. Um, I don't know if Disney would necessarily be happy with that now, but at the time, that was considered pretty pretty good. The other the the big issue why this is considered good is because it opened on June twenty third, nineteen eighty nine, and if you know that weekend in movie history, you know that's when Batman first debuted, and one of the biggest movies ever, a monumental hit, and Honey I Shrunk the Kids was still able to finish number two behind it. So the initial reviews had been somewhat mixed. That was the problem. So Disney had no idea what to expect. Their research showed that people were aware of the film. Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard not to be back then when you have only like three real networks. Uh, so there's a good chance you're going to see commercials for whatever movies are coming out, especially when it's a Disney movie. But like everything is Batman at the time. But they didn't see anything to indicate it would be the hit that it was. 
So the thing though, Batman actually helps it because everyone was going to see Batman, but it wasn't a kid friendly movie. I remember like there was no way in hell I was allowed to see Batman. I can't, how old was I? 10, 11. I don't know. Batman was almost considered like an R rated movie in my mind. So like, it just wasn't going to happen. We had to hear from it through like other people of how cool it was. So, um, seeing a Disney offer is obviously a no brainer for families. If you're going to the movies that weekend and you got little kids, obviously you're going to go see honey. I shrunk the kids. The other thing was Batman is selling out left and right. So people who are going, who were completely out of luck to go see Batman, who still wanted to see a movie would end up going to see honey. I shrunk the kids just because it looked fun and novel and it was Disney. So all in all that worked out well for them. And the movie would end up making Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, that is, would make around $130 million domestically and $220 million worldwide. So today that's the equivalent of $265 million domestically and $445 million worldwide. And those are, again, for a non-Marvel-y-based movie, those are pretty amazing numbers even today. If you consider taking $265 million, that that's a, still a big hit. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of the logistics on the numbers. I'll start wrapping it down here. I'd say, you know, Honey and Shrunk the Kids is an amazing bit of 80s nostalgia. It was pretty groundbreaking and and a very original movie when you look at it. And I think every like I mean, we look back on things obviously fondly from when we were kids, but like I watched it again not long ago and it still holds up. It has like a good it's got a good pacing to it. Like it feels lively. Like it moves quick. Like it doesn't take long, you know, instead of everyone knows the premise of the movie going in, the kids are going to get shrunk and they're going to get stuck in the yard and all this stuff. You, you saw it all from the commercials. It doesn't take long to get everything up and running. Like it seems pretty quick. Like they're already in the yard and they're on their way trying to navigate their way through it. And they don't take forever setting up the backstory. It, it, it's pretty simple. And it, it's still like, I thought it would be a little slower pace, but it, it moves pretty well. It would also lead to a few sequels. I don't know if you remember Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. And then there was Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. I never saw those. They went straight to video, so you know where you can find them if you really need it. Um, there's the one funny thing that the title is technically not grammatically correct, as apparently it should be Honey, I Shrank the Kids. It's, uh, honey... I shrunk the kids doesn't actually work in that sort of um, action sense. I think as far as it, it's, I shrank the kids like it, it's already happened. They haven't just shrunk. I previously shrunk them. So, sorry, grammar nerds trying to ruin our movies, but it's still, you know, I still see it as very creative and a, and a bizarre movie. And you could like, like I said, you can almost consider it a low level family horror movie because it is terrifying and they're, you know, remotely in a kind of comic-y way, but you're still watching live action. There are these threats. There are these scares, like sort of those traditional horror movie tropes. It's got that kind of mad scientist vibe to it. It's And it's a lot of near death. And, you know, even though it's funny, like the fact of the kid almost being eaten by his father, you know, he's not, but it's just enough to be, whoa. Okay. So, I mean, that's kind of the horror aspect to it uh, there. And in the movie, there's definite nods to past horror movies, such as like attack of the crab monsters um, and the incredible shrinking man, all these things sort of factor into it. But 
you know, either way, like it, it still holds up. There's still talks of the reboot all the time. And I'm a million percent on board with that. I don't think there's any way that could go badly. I think it's in the, I think with the Ant-Man movies, that was kind of reintroducing that whole concept of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And I think that was a lot of the appeal to Ant-Man. Everyone's going to go see Marvel movies no matter what. But Ant-Man, I think, was like our closest connection to like a new version of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And I think there's enough interest. That movie would be a relatively massive hit. I'd be interested to see what the concept would be. It'd be probably something like the kids of um, that were shrunk in the original are now grown up and something would happen to their kids and then they would have to go. I, I think there's a lot of ways that movie could be an absolute hit. So that here's here's hoping for it. Okay, that's it for me. Thanks for spending the time here on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Go watch it again if you can find it. Um, I don't know, unless you have an old VHS kicking around. I don't think it's available to stream anywhere. Maybe I saw it on YouTube as well. Have a look, though. It's worth just checking out. Or at least watch the original trailer for it. It's it's pretty funny. So thanks for listening. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there now, so just taking the time to listen to this one, I appreciate a lot. If you, you know, If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you really like it, leave it a rating and review that helps us show out more people get to see it, but I'll talk to you soon. Bye.